You know, one of the most common complaints that, that I make and that I, I hear many of you make is just, I, I find myself stressed out. Just say the words with me, stressed out. Can you feel the stress? I mean, we have so much stress in our life. Now, what is stress? What does it mean to be stressed out? It means to be under constant pressure that brings strain into your life. You see, we live in a world where there's more and more going on, and it causes stress, and stress causes a lot of problems. Some um, predict that 42% of health issues have to do with stress in our life. And, And it's more today because we live in a culture that just wants more and more and more. You know, we want more money, we want more house, we want more sports, we want more recreation, we go for more work, we just, we add more and more and more. There's more TV, there's more options, there's more entertainment. I mean, some of you are old enough, probably not many of us in this audience, that you remember when, when we only had three TV stations, anybody remember that? It was amazing. And they cut off at 12 o'clock. Anybody remember the test pattern that used to show up there? Anybody raise your hand if you're old, okay? Yeah, just have these, these, little, these little circles. And actually for black and white analog TV, it was important for the TV station to do that. But you knew it was over. And when we finally got to color TV, we started putting the American flag up and playing the Star Spangled Banner. It all stopped at midnight because we didn't think anybody was going to do anything after midnight. And today we wouldn't even think about that. And so there's more and more stress. And so, so many of us find ourselves just all stressed out. You see, even if you went back earlier, I doubt you could go there with me, I can't, to a time where, you know, thousands of years, when most humans lived, there was no such thing as electricity. And so, with the the invent of electricity, everything has changed. The, The natural rhythms of darkness and sleep and rest have gone away. So, it's no wonder that we feel stressed out. Now, I want to say something to begin that may surprise you. Stress is not all bad. Stress is not good or bad. It's how you live with it. We all have stress. I'm not foolish enough to say today that I'm going to get you to a place where you don't have stress because some stress is good. You know, if you have a deadline at work, for many of us, that motivates us to get the work done. If you love working out, you will not grow muscle unless you put stress on your muscles. No pain, no? You guys are pretty good. Let's say it again. No pain, no gain. You've got to stress your muscles in your marriage. Honestly, if they're not moments of stress, you're probably not growing together. If you've got to give up and give a speech or performance and there's not some kind of nervous energy, it's probably not a good thing. Stress is not a bad thing. But it is a bad thing when you have too much and you're under constant stress. So today I'm so excited to share God's answer with you for stress. God's answer to stress is rhythm. Say that word with me, rhythm. The Bible's word for rhythm is the word Sabbath. The word Sabbath is a really easy Hebrew word. It simply means rest. Here's something sort of amazing to me is rest. Sabbath, rhythm, made God's top ten list. And yet, it's the only one of the Ten Commandments that we brag about breaking. Someone says, man, I just love my work so much. I am a workaholic. And we go, man, that's awesome. You're burning the candle at both ends. You're getting it done, buddy. 
Or, or someone says, you know, I worked so hard, me and my family, we've not taken a vacation in four years, and we act like that's a good thing. God says, no, that's not the way I meant you to live. My friends, here's what I believe. I believe the kind of stress that modern people live under is not healthy. It's not the way we were created to live. God said at least one in seven days, you need to take a significant break in life. And I believe a lot of our anxiety issues, a lot of even our depression issues, are simply there because we have stressed out so much that our brain has the effects of it. So, let's talk about God's answer. Now, if this was so important that God modeled it. You remember the, the creation? God created everything, created man on the sixth day, and then what did God do? He rested. So, here's the first point here. God rested from work. Now, you say, boy, God must have been tired after all those stars and all those oceans. and all. No, 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 no. God was not tired. God is all-powerful. He's never tired. He's never weary. Well, then why in the world did God take a Sabbath rest? Because he wanted to model a way of life for you and for me that was healthy. And so then we got in that rhythm. But our rhythm was a little bit different. God rested from work. We rest before work. You see, understand the creation. God created man on the sixth day God called Sabbath on the seventh day, and God, man went to work on the first day. So, so what happened there was man worked after rest. You see, so often what I think is, is the way I'm supposed to live my life, I work really, really hard, get really, really tired, and finally I crash into rest. God says, what I want for you is I want you to rest your way into your work. Now, understand this. God created you and I to be productive. He's not against being productive. You know, the, you know the, the idea of Sabbath is not, okay, let me go spend a day vegging out on Netflix. The, the idea of Sabbath is that it's a gift from God to actually make you more productive. You see, the idea of Sabbath was, yeah, you need to go work and you need to be productive, but you can't live at that pace all the time. Now, this is what's so crazy, is by the time Jesus came to this earth, the uptight religious leaders had made Sabbath more stressful than restful. They were so scared about all the rules they had to keep. that The thing that was supposed to rest them had become the place where they violated God's law, at least they thought, more than any other time. Stephanie, I saw this um, when we went to Israel last May. If, if you go to these uh, hotels, maybe you go to a 20-story hotel, and there's all these banks of elevators. There, in, a, in a Jewish hotel, there's always one elevator called the Sabbath elevator. And you know what it does? It stops on every floor without you pushing a button. Now, why? Because you don't dare want to get on an elevator on the Sabbath day and push a button because that would be work and a violation of God. Isn't that crazy? And so what, what Sabbath was meant to be was a time to rest you and to prepare you became a hassle. And so one of the most radical things Jesus ever said was, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It was made to help us. And so God wants us to live in that rhythm. Jesus came to this earth, and of all people who could have been so busy, Jesus lived in the rhythm. 
At times, Jesus perturbed people. He ticked them off because there's all these people wanting to hear his preaching. There's all these people wanting to be healed. And, and sometimes Jesus says, nope, time out. We've got to withdraw to a lonely place, guys, because Jesus knew as a human being, even he couldn't live out of this rhythm of life. Now, I want us to, to look at a passage where Jesus clearly outlines this rhythm. John chapter 15 Verses 1 through 11, that's the fourth book in the New Testament. If you don't have it, it's going to be up here on the screen. I'm going to be reading from the the New Living Translation. Just listen to what Jesus says. I am the true grapevine. Jesus is the grapevine. He's the vine. My father is the gardener. He's the one who takes care of this deal. Now, warning. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, So they will be, they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. And here's the key word in this passage. Remain in me. You're going to hear this word repeated ten times. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy to my Father. Oh, I love this. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Isn't that radical? Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. He closes out with this line. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So what's the rhythm of life? Uh, The the shape for this week that I'm introducing you to is, is called the semicircle. It's about the pendulum swing of life. I believe if you could learn this, you'll stress a whole lot less and you enjoy a whole lot more. So let's start on this side of the pendulum. The first part is abide. That's that word remain. It it literally means to make your home with. Jesus says, I want to make my home in you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And I want you to be so comfortable with me that you make your home in me. You abide in me. You rest in me. That's the word for Sabbath. And what Jesus says is the first step to living in the right rhythm is not resting from work, it's resting first. Here we go. It's arranging my daily schedule, weekly schedule, so that I spend time with him. Why? Because it's that time with him that gives us power. The power is not in the branches, because if you cut the branch off, it dies. The power is in the vine, Jesus. And while I abide in him, everything changes. 
the beginning of this sermon series, we talked about the identity triangle. You got, I'm a daughter, I'm a son. And in that triangle, you hear God say those beautiful words, I love you, and I'm proud of you. And it's out of living in that identity that you didn't create and you didn't work for. He just gave it to you. It's abiding in him and hanging out with him that you begin to change. It's critical that you abide because remember he said, without me, you can do nothing. Okay? So the starting point, you got to remember this, the starting point is abide. Now, the pendulum then swings to that period of growth. This is the period where God works in me. Here's what I want you to know. When you spend a lot of time with Jesus, you immediately begin to be like him. You see, it's natural. The more you hang out with somebody, the more you hang out with God, the more your character becomes like him. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. We all, with unveiled faces, nothing between us and Jesus, behold and reflect him, are being transformed into his image through the Spirit with ever-increasing glory. So, if I start abiding in him and look at his face, he begins to work within me, slowly but surely, to change my character. And then that leads to the other end of the pendulum, which is fruit. You become fruitful. Yes, you become productive. The growth part is when God works in you. The fruit part is when God works through you. Now, this is interesting. With these vines back in the first century and these branches, normally if you planted it, it would take a good three years before there was any fruit. So th- this is not an automatic process. That's what drives us crazy. We, we abide, we grow, and then comes the fruit. You can't jump straight to the fruit, all right? It won't work. You'll burn yourself out. Now, I love this. You see those apostles of Jesus? Remember how many mistakes they made, how unfruitful they were, how they wouldn't even admit they knew Jesus' trial, how they ran at the cross, By the time we get to the book of Acts, these guys are so bold and so fired up, and even the pagans recognize. Listen to what they say about them. These guys are so different than ordinary people. Here's what they say. They have been with Jesus. So you begin to grow, and so then you begin to become like Jesus, and you begin to bear the fruit of the character of Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control, against such there is no law. The fruit of impacting people. Romans 1 verse 13. The fruit is when my life begins to impact someone like Jesus' life. And you begin to see people come to Christ. Now here's my problem. I want to stay here. I don't know about you, but I love being productive. I love my day timer. I love checking things off. And I love when spiritually, my goodness, I'm blowing and going. Man, I'm getting with people, I'm meeting with people, I'm praying with people, I'm reading my Bible. I'm do- I mean, I, I, I love this, but listen to me. God, God didn't mean for you to stay there. You cannot stay there forever. And so that brings the next swing of the pendulum. The pendulum comes back down and on its way back to abiding. It's a word we're not going to like. Prune. Say that with me. Prune. All right? You guys are looking at me like a bunch of prunes. Okay? It's prune. All right? Now, what's prune about? Prune's about God cutting away so 
we can be fruitful. You see, in the passage, there was more and more and more fruit. It started off with no fruit, fruit, much fruit, more fruit. But it happens, he says, when you become fruitful and you swing back around, God says, I've got to cut some things out. Now, one thing, obviously, is God wants to cut the bad stuff out of your life. The things that Satan tempts you with and the things that keep you from being fruitful for God. But I think we also need to mark down, often God even wants to cut out the good things in my life so that I can have the best things in my life. Now, the, the pruning part is painful. But understand, God the Father is the master gardener. And he knows exactly what to cut away if you will give your life to him. Now, you say, okay, buddy, I love all this. I love the abiding and the growing and the fruitfulness. But I don't want to take that stop back at pruning. Why is pruning so essential? Because if you, you studied the vine and the branches... If the branches are not pruned, they grow so long and so skinny, they cannot even hold up the fruit. They become useless, but to cut off and go burn. You can't use these vines to build something. They're just too skinny and too little. And so there's got to be the pruning. Why? Because when you prune back, all the energy of the vine is put into the branches that remain. One of the most beautiful things, I think, in the Montgomery area is all the crepe myrtles, right? Don't you love when those grow and they branch out? And it always makes me so mad when people prune them. In fact, a few years ago, my brother, Doug Durden, came through our, our we got a lot of crepe myrtles on this property. And, he came, and man, he just cut them back to the nub. I was so mad. In the office, we called him a crepe murderer. I mean, it, it just, it, it looked so terrible. But you know what? Our crepe myrtles are beautiful because when you cut them back, all the energy is able to go to those new branches and they become more fruitful than ever. So you got to allow God, maybe right now, you're, you're not in that period of fruitful. You're in that period of pruning. God's saying, you need to cut some stuff out in your life. You're way too busy. You need to rest. I mean, you're the person, you come to church because this is the only time you slow down. This is the only time you rest. And my goodness, with the light down low, this is the only time you can sleep and take a good nap in the middle of the day, right? Because other than that, you're just, you're just rocking, man. You're just moving at every second. And God says, that's just not the rhythm that you need to live life in. In fact, let me, let me illustrate that rhythm this morning for you. And I think this will help us all to see this a little bit better. If we can get this pendulum... And we can see exactly how it works. We can see how beautiful this rhythm of life actually is. You see, uh, understand, let's go back. We're supposed to start, we're supposed to start with the abiding. And, and watch what's going to happen. It's going to work through all these little balls to come out on the fruitfulness end. It's natural when you drop this that you begin to establish this rhythm. And my friends, that's the rhythm God wants you to live in. He wants you to abide in Him. He wants you to go through this growth period. He wants you to be fruitful. But He doesn't want you to leave that way. You can't stay that way. You've got to come back through the pruning. You've got to go back to the abiding. And it goes on and on and on. It's a beautiful thing. You see, here's the, the warning. Here's my warning if you're taking notes. If you don't set your rhythm, someone else will. 
Okay? We live in a world where there's so much to be done. And if you're a productive person, everybody wants you on their team. Everybody wants you on their committee at work. Everybody at church wants you on their, their team. You know, in your neighborhood, they want you to head up the neighborhood association. If you're on a sports team, they want you to be the captain. I mean, the person that's productive, you're going to have so many things. And so if you're not careful, other people are going to set your rhythm. And guys, listen to me. It's a mess. And one reason you came to church this morning so stressed out is because that's the way you live. There are so many things bouncing around your brain and in your life that there's no set rhythm. And it's just not working. And guess who wants to do this more than anybody else? Satan. Because if he can keep you out of God's rhythm, he can keep you from being fruitful. Like we've said many times. If Satan can't make you bad, he's just going to make you too busy. Because that will interrupt that rhythm. Now, here's the next point. Here's the promise, though, of this message today. Now, let me, let me say something before I get there, first of all. Here's my challenge for you. Go, going back to the, back, the, the last slide, if you don't mind. You need to work in your life to establish daily and weekly and seasonal rhythms, okay? I mean, obviously, the Sabbath... And most of us as Christians think, ah, that's the old law. My friends, it's a principle. You need some some quiet time, as hard as it is for some of us that are active, in your day. You need at least some time in a day of the week that you withdraw, not just to veg out, but to spend good time with God and to let God speak to you. And even seasonally. Because here's the promise. If you set or you follow God's pattern, you will stress less and enjoy more. Did you hear that? You will stress less and enjoy more. Now, it's hard to enjoy life when you're constantly working under stress. In fact, I want you to hear the words of Jesus about this from Matthew chapter 11. Jesus understands this. Are you tired? Worn out, even burn out with religion. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. My friends, God established a rhythm in the beginning. Jesus lived this rhythm. And he is inviting you. And he's inviting me to live in this rhythm. Now, if in listening to this message, you have identified that you are really, really stressed out. I mean, from the moment I said stressed out, you went, it's me. From the moment I said you're overscheduled, it's me. For the moment you go, you know what? My rhythm looks more like that crazy, crazy rhythm where nothing's working. It just looks just like that. Can we stop for a minute and reset? Oh, I want to pray for you, okay, before we even get to the invitation. If this morning, I'm not asking are you stressed. Everybody's got some stress, okay? I'm asking you, are you stressed out? If you are, would you please stand?
I want to see you so I can pray for you. Okay, the rest of you are lying. Would you please stand right now? <laughs> I didn't mean everybody, okay? But most of us, man, we, this is the way we live, right? Let me just, let me just, I want to pray over you guys. If you want to put your hand on someone beside you, just do that. And let's pray for each other. God, we thank you so much. God, that your word is so true, even when it's convicting, Lord. God, even when we, like, like a person like me, man, I love just to be productive and fruitful and to blow and go. And it's been so unhealthy in my life. And I see a lot of people standing here this morning that right now they are stressed out. It's not a healthy stress. It's an unhealthy stress. And, Lord, I'm praying that even before they leave this place today, they will practice Sabbath and rest. And when they get out of this place today, that they will learn to live in the rhythm of creation, the rhythm of Jesus, and the rhythm he has taught us. Help us, Father, all to begin by abiding in you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Just a moment, we're going to sing a song. If today you need to come to Jesus and start following his way, I'm going to invite you. Listen, many of you sitting here, you've been living life your way. And it looks nothing like what we've talked about today. I mean, you've you've been doing it your way, on your rhythm, on your schedule, or maybe not even yours. The schedule this world has forced on you and the devil's put in your life. And guess what? You know it. It's not working. You're living stressed the max and enjoying, not even enjoying the things you used to enjoy. And so this morning when we sing in just a moment, I want to invite you, if today's the day that you decide that you are tired of living it your way, and you're willing to just try living it Jesus' way. You see, the definition of of insanity is to continue to do the same thing and expect different results. It doesn't happen. You keep on living the way you've been living the last 5, 10, 20 years, you're going to keep getting the same results. It's not going to get better. But if you'll listen to God's word this morning, and you understand the power is not in you and in your effort, the power is you just starting off by abiding in him. I want you to hear this story that's so cool to me. Because that same word for rest, abide, remain, is used in this story with some guys first meet Jesus in John chapter 1. The next day, John was back at his post with two disciples who were watching. He looked up and saw Jesus walking nearby, and he said, Here he is, God's Passover lamb. The two disciples heard him and went after Jesus. I love this. Jesus looked over his shoulder and said to them, what are you after? What an odd question. What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? What an odd answer, but what a great answer. Jesus replied, come along and see for yourself. That's what I'm challenging you with today. You've tried your way. Are you willing today to step out to try Jesus' way? And then listen to the next verse. They came saw where he was living, and ended up staying with him for the day. Listen to me. Staying with him for the day is the same word used in John 15 for abide. 
they hung out, abided, remained with Jesus. You know what? It completely changed their life. You know how I know it? The next sentence. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. That sends chills down my back. It was so impactful to be in the house with Jesus that the Apostle John could never forget the time he stepped in that doorway. And this morning, if it's time for you to stop living life your way and the world's way because it just flat is not working, and you're ready to follow Jesus, and you'd like to be baptized, or today you would like the prayers of this church, I invite you to come as we stand and sing.